0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. It's become a pretty popular belief that all Republicans are for oil and gas and that most Democrats are against fossil fuels. But things are more complicated than that. Take New Mexico, for example, a reliably blue state where Democrats control the governor's seat and both Senate seats. But New Mexico is also one of the top fossil fuel producing states in the country. And yet, Democrats in that state have a message for President Joe Biden.
1: Focus, focus, focus on renewable energy and don't keep tying it as a seesaw partner with oil and gas.
0: That's my colleague, Politico's Ben Lefebvre. He discusses how New Mexico could offer the Biden administration a way to frame its energy approach, as prices at the pump stay high, and whether the administration will take the advice.
1: So I'm kind of curious to see where, if anyone's listening to this message coming out of New Mexico, or if they're going to start chalking it up to, well, it's just an oil state, you know, why should we listen to you guys on that? It's Tuesday, April 19th.
0: So, Ben, we reported this story together. What struck you most about New Mexico's energy portfolio and how is the state unique?
1: I first noticed that when I was just looking at the Energy and Information Administration, the department that kind of compiles all the government's energy data, they had New Mexico for quite a few months now, number two in oil production which was kind of a changing of the guard. I mean, when you think about energy producing states, it's always like North Dakota, Texas, Oklahoma, Alaska. Those are all Republican states. I think New Mexico is almost alone in the top five, not the top 10, in being a state that has consistently and regularly voted Democratic lawmakers into office. We have an administration in D.C. now that's led by the Democrats with President Joe Biden, who's trying to make a big energy transition push. And then you have New Mexico, which has kind of been trying to do this for the past couple of years, transitioning to renewable energy. So we started calling around officials and asking, you know, if you were in a room with someone from the Biden administration and you wanted to talk political strategy about pushing an energy transition, like, what would you tell them?
0: Absolutely. And and what would you say the main message Democrats in New Mexico have for national Democrats and green groups when it comes to how to approach the clean energy transition And what's the political risk that they're worried about if that advice is not taken?
1: The main message was just concentrate on renewables. Feel free to pump those up in advertising as as a job generator for the state and, you know, a clean way to go for your energy. But don't in the next breath say, and with renewable energy, we're going to get away from fossil fuels. You know, a number of people in the state still owe their jobs to the oil and gas industry, And it's best not to turn them off by promising to take their job away. The other thing we heard, too, is that don't rattle the hornet's nest with oil and gas companies. You know, they're still politically powerful. They still have a lot of money. They can pour into advertising. Focus on the renewable energy destination. Don't stir up the hornet's nest with going after oil and gas by name.
0: And so if that message is really to not pit renewables versus fossil fuels, isn't the Biden administration kind of taking that approach, but because of the current energy supply crisis, it kind of feels that they're already doing that? Or do, or do you sense there is some split? We did have a very memorable exchange where Senator Martin Heinrich, Democrat of New Mexico, had some pretty strong words for Biden's climate envoy, John Kerry, right?
1: Yeah. I think there was concern that in the beginning, you know, even during his campaign for president, Biden and his surrogates were pretty quick to bash oil and gas. I mean, Biden, remember, campaign promising that he was going to end oil and gas drilling on public land. But we've seen Biden himself, and I think some of his administration kind of step back from that and basically try to focus on renewables being the energy of the future and not really mentioning oil and gas more than they have to. But again, we saw just last year, as you mentioned, White House Climate Envoy John Kerry mentioned that, you know, oh, Folks who are working in oil rig now can just go right to working for a solar plant or solar company or something. And what Senator Heinrich was like, I think he called that in the story, tone deaf. He's like, you you can't do that. You can definitely talk up the benefits of the solar industry will bring to the state, but you can't go to some guy working in the field all his life and tell him, just go get a job at the solar factory. You know, it's not going to work. I think we have seen the administration definitely stepping back from like taking cracks at the oil and gas industry. But they're still concerned that not everyone in D.C. has gotten the message. I think that was the biggest thing we heard.
0: And despite New Mexico's deep fossil fuel dependency, it is looking to diversify its revenue sources, as you reported. I mean, how much progress is the state making and how hard is it to actually do that?
1: They're making, um, from what I could see, like pretty good progress. They tripled their renewable output. And the way they're selling this in the state is saying, well, look, Oil and gas is notorious for having a boom-bust cycle. And we may be in a boom now, but unless we want to go through another bust, we need to have a cushion. We need to diversify our economy. And they seem to be taking a lot of steps to do it. Progressives are getting a little bit anxious that they think that New Mexico's governor, Lujan Grisham, is maybe faltering a little bit in her latest push for hydrogen power, which is something that environmentalists don't particularly like. But I, I think there was pretty broad agreement that at least... In the first part of her term, they were taking concrete steps to cut back on methane emissions, to put in more renewable power, and to kind of, not just for renewables, but kind of try to seed other sectors in the state, like manufacturing and such.
0: Also, on Monday, the Supreme Court rejected an effort by the operator of an embattled Missouri pipeline to revive its permit to operate. Back in December, Spire St. Louis asked the High Court to overturn the decision from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, which vacated its certificate. According to the Circuit Court, FERC had failed to apply its own policies in determining whether there was a market need for the pipeline and issuing the original permit. The pipeline is still operating under a temporary certificate given by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission while the agency assesses what to do with the pipeline's permit in the long term. For context, the pipeline connects with another pipeline in Illinois and carries natural gas to the St. Louis region. The legal battle over Spire comes as FERC considers whether to change its pipeline certificate policy statement, which would outline how the agency decides to approve pipeline projects in the future. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevroncom slash lowercarbon.